From the concert halls to the juke joints, from churches to festivals in the fields, welcome to another episode of Bill Street Caravan, celebrating the sounds of Memphis and the Mississippi Delta for more than 20 years. Heard around the globe on NPR Worldwide, major funding for Beale Street Caravan is provided by the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau and the AutoZone Corporation. Hi, I'm your co-host, Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. This week on Beale Street Caravan, we have a double feature as we pay tribute to recently passed Delta Bluesman Sedell Davis. And in the second half of today's program, we'll hear from master of the Hill Country Blues, R.L. Boyce, who just received his first Grammy nomination. That's all coming up right now on Beale Street Caravan. Hey, Pat. Hey, Kevin. This is Cedell Davis performing the song Love Blues. This recording was released in the early 80s, but captured sometime before then. Cedell Davis passed away just this past September at the age of 91. He may have been the very last of the Delta Bluesmen. Sedell would have been about 60 years old at the time of this recording, a journeyman past his prime by most standards. Yet he was a fresh face to a broader world of mainstream blues, and his best years were yet to come. Born in 1926 in Helena, Arkansas, his mother was a charismatic faith healer. His father ran a juke joint. That must have been a very interesting marriage. Immersed in the blues, he soon picked up the diddly bow, then the harmonica, and finally graduated to guitar. But a case of childhood polio almost put an end to his musical ambition. Almost. Left partially paralyzed, he reversed the guitar on his lap, playing it left-handed. After much experimentation, Sedell realized that even with his hands in their crippled state, he could hold a butter knife by its handle. So he learned to make the pitch on the guitar by sliding the knife up and down the neck in the same manner that other bluesmen might use a slide. Listen closely. The difference in sonic character is easy to perceive. Sedell's most vocal champion, the New York Times critic Robert Palmer, called it a guitar style that is utterly unique in or out of the blues. Helena, Arkansas is something of a Delta ghost town these days, but it was a bustling river town in Seadell's youth. Full of agriculture and the riverboat industry, drifters, saloons, and gambling halls. Seadell made his way by performing on street corners. He also performed live on KFFA in Helena alongside Sonny Boy Williamson and Robert Nighthawk on the legendary program, The King Biscuit Flower Hour. His partnership with Nighthawk grew, and the two departed Helena together to try their luck on the road, eventually landing in St. Louis. But hardship struck again. In 1957, while performing in a nightclub, Sedell was caught up in a riot. The stampeding crowd crushed his legs, and he never walked again. But he never quit playing the blues, either. Decades later, he was rediscovered by Robert Palmer, who took Sedell's music to the world, and that's where the story picks up. Over the coming decades, Sedell held court with Yoko Ono and Mick Jagger, recorded with pop luminaries such as Iggy Pop, Peter Buck of R.E.M., and roots rocker Jimbo Mathis. Right before his passing, he released a record featuring members of Pearl Jam and the Screaming Trees. As a tribute to Cedell, who was very kind to us here at Bill Street Caravan, we'll hear outtakes from his last appearance on our program in 2015, when he came to Memphis with Jimbo Mathis and Zach and Big Papa Benz and performed at the High Tone. Zach, Zach Benz over here, y'all put your hands together. 
Gentlemen on the drums, Barrett Martin, y'all. Come on. Come on.
So many questions for you. When you went to went to juke joints and everything, was there anybody that that just motivated you and inspired you so much that that, you, that was the moment where you went, I want to play music. Okay, uh, when I first started, you called him Robert Nighthawk. Mm -hmm. But I played with many different guys, many different guys uh, throughout Alabama, Georgia. I. I was seven years old when I found a hop. My cousin sent me to the pea patch to get some peas for dinner. So I found this hop, and that started me. Seven years old. Okay, when I learned more, I was 15 years old. Yeah. And when I come famous, people say I was uh, 16. And I, I've been going at it ever since. I've been going at it ever since I was 16 years old. So for the new record that you got, 
you know, you're not playing guitar. You know, I, I, I had a stroke in my right side. Mm -hmm. uh, I'm not playing the guitar from what I sang. How can you trust these people to, to play right? Do you have to stay on them? <laughs> yeah, I don't have to do too much, you know, uh, playing. But of course, they understand. They are. They all understand. All understand pretty good. When I first started playing with them, they, they didn't play too much blues. <laughs> he didn't play He's too. right. And since I've been playing with them, well, they come to like it. We've all learned a lot from playing with Mr. Davis. He's always very kind, but he does know how he wants it to be done, and we we respect that. I've known many a musician that has played with Mr. Davis over the years, and they always say that, you know, you sweat up there because you have to pay attention. Absolutely. We've been playing with him for about, was it, nine years now, and I still have that feeling. You are, We are following him. That's the deal. We are following him, and he's a good leader. This new record, you chose some great standard songs to do. You know, Big Joe Turner, Elmore James, even Bobby Blue Bland. Bobby Blue Bland's a soul crooner. What, what's the blues man doing this great soul song? I was totally like. I pick up, I still pick up uh, different music mm -hmm. styles. So uh, I don't have no problem about that. You can do it all, that's what you're telling yeah, me. Yeah, I, I do it all. <laughs> he was telling me the first music he listened to was, he said, hillbilly music. Carter Family, and yeah. uh, and he was listening to all this stuff, what you could hear on the radio, right? Yeah. June Carter, daughter, daughter uh, married yeah. Johnny Cash, you know. Were you listening to a station out of Nashville, or were you listening? I'm trying to think what the closest thing to you would have been. WDIA. Oh, DIA here in Memphis. WDIA. So you were in, in Helena at the time, outside of Helena, and you were listening to WDIA. Yeah. People ask me, how long are you going to perform? I said, well, I don't know, because I plan to keep going. See, I, this is my career. Yeah. And uh, I plan to use it best I can. That's a good, good words there. How do you incorporate the new things that you hear and still keep that blues essence? A, a, ain't no problem. It's not no problem to me, you know, because I, I lay in the bed sometime at night I go over the music and stuff like that. Yeah, I don't. I don't have to rehearse music. Mm -hmm. I don't have to rehearse. So, how do you work on passing that on to the next generation? I mean, as I as I said earlier, you've got a 24 year old in the band. I guess that's one way <laughs> to pass the music on. But I'm curious, from the 24 year old, the younger Mr. Benz, what is um. What's the hardest thing for you in in this process? What's been the hardest lesson that you've learned playing with Seadale? He's talented, easy, easy to learn, but you forget sometimes, you know. I like to know exactly what we're about to play, what you know, what the next song is, a set list and an order. And uh, when I'm on the stage with Seadale, it's it's uh, he's gonna call it out to me as we go. I may have never heard that song before. Give us a short synopsis of how you guys have been playing. Um, playing together for about nine years? Well, me and Zach met Mr. Davis in 2005, Easter Sunday of all days. And Zach was, what, 15? And I was always dragging around to blues things and all this. And we met Mr. Davis up shortly after I had a stroke, and we were just happy to meet him. And 
and he was in Pine Bluff. We were both from Warren, Arkansas originally, which is close to Pine Bluff. So we would just visit. We would come through there and visit, and uh, he wasn't doing real well at first. I didn't, I really never imagined he would perform again, to be honest with you. And we kept visiting, and then my harmonica player, Johnny Stevens, came with me, and we'd go to the nursing home, and he wanted us to come bring guitars and, and play. So we said, okay. So we'd go in the cafeteria, and we're, I'm playing guitar, and John's over there playing harp. You got like every foot tapping in there, and it didn't matter what color or background, whatever. After this, he tells me he wants to start playing. You know, and then we ended up playing the Juke Joint Festival the first time we played together out, out and about in 2008. They were very, they've, mm -hmm. and it just kind of kept escalating. We were playing at different festivals, just local, regional. One day he told me he wanted to play in Paris. He's never played in Paris before. And yeah. I'm scratching my head. I don't know. I barely get us to play <laughs> in, in Mississippi. I don't know about Paris. And I run into um, uh, Scott H. Byram. I don't know if you know, uh, really kind of gritty blues guy, but he, he got me in contact with his people over in, uh, in Europe, and I'll always be grateful to him. And, and we went over there uh, two times. One time we went from Belgium all the way through France, Switzerland, including Paris, and all the way out through yeah. Serbia. And they just adored him everywhere he went. I mean, and he, he brought it to them. And uh, we won the second time this time last year, and we're looking to go in September as well. Um, and he just, uh, it's amazing to me uh, what he, how he comes alive on a stage. It just, it just, it's amazing, isn't it, Mr. Davis? It's yeah. Just, it's uh, like electric, isn't it? Yeah. These, these fellas, uh, it's easy to adapt to music because they want to play. These guys, they want to move forward. And uh, I'm willing to take him forward. Here he is, almost 89 years old, and he's got more spunk and drive than your average 30-year-old does. It's amazing to me. What you say about that? You know, you don't plan on dying. What was that you were saying that? Well, he said I plan on living. I'm dying to take care of yourself. I, I, I like that. I don't like to sit over in the corner. And say, oh, I'm gonna die. So and so and so. I don't plan on a dying. I plan on living all the time. This, this has been so great. Thank you guys for coming in the studio, for taking time to come in here and chat with us a little bit. Everybody gets to hear this great performance, but really to hear the people that are putting on the performance makes it even sweeter. So please come Thank back. Thank you.
This is our friend Jimbo Mathis singing farewell at Seadale Davis's memorial service at Bethel Heritage Hall in Seadale's hometown of Helena, Arkansas. It's the morning of October 5th, and it's a very beautiful Thursday outside in the Delta. And as the real diehard blues fans out there know, that first Thursday in October always marks the beginning of the King Biscuit Blues Festival. This year marks 31 years. So the streets in Helena are humming again this morning. Artists are setting out their wares. Food vendors are firing up their grills and smokers. Musicians are busking for the tourists all along Cherry Street. And on this special day, Helena, Arkansas, took back its son. Sedell's mortal remains were buried near his old running mate, Robert Nighthawk, in Magnolia Cemetery in Helena, Arkansas. On that first Thursday in October, the kickoff of the 31st annual King Biscuit Blues Festival. It's a festival Sedell knew well. In fact, 31 years ago to the day, Seadell was there in Helena. You see, Seadell Davis was the very first performer to take the stage that day for the maiden voyage of the King Biscuit Blues Festival in 1986, making his final homecoming all the more poignant and fitting. Thank you for listening to our tribute to Seadell. Stay tuned after the break. We'll be back with music and an interview from R.L. Boyce. We want to remind our listeners you can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Look us up and join in on the fun. For more information, or if you want to get involved, go to our website at BealeStreetCaravan.com. Shoot us an email or sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can also keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast. It's available through iTunes, Google Play, TuneIn, and just about anywhere podcasts can be found. Speaking of podcasts, check out our newest production, the Blues Hall of Fame podcast, also available through iTunes, Google Play, and TuneIn. We have to take a quick break for local announcements, but stick around. There's more music to come. You're listening to The Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan.
AutoZone is proud to support Bill Street Caravan and many other arts organizations that strengthen the greater Memphis community. Parts are just part of what we do. AutoZone.com. Bill Street Caravan is also supported by awards from the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Tennessee Arts Commission, Arts Memphis, and Tennessee Tourism. TennesseeVacation.com. The soundtrack of America was made in Tennessee. We're back, and for those of you just tuning in, earlier we said goodbye to one of the last of the Delta Bluesmen, C. Del Davis of Helena, Arkansas. Now we turn to celebrate a lion of the Hill Country Blues scene, R.L. Boyce. We caught up with R.L. at the Deep Blues Fest in Clarksdale, Mississippi. It was an unforgettable night at the Roxy Theater, like stepping back in time to Junior Kimbrough's Juke Joint in Holly Springs. R.L. Boyce has just learned that he's up for a Grammy, Pat. That's incredibly exciting to me. It's so great to see him recognized. His new album is called Roll and Tumble, and it's out on Waxploitation Records. The North Mississippi All-Stars Luther Dickinson, who produced the record, calls it, quote, the most important, honest-to-God, Hill Country Blues record made since Earl Burnside's an ass pocket full of whiskey. That's a pretty big endorsement. Luther goes on to point out that it's the only record to capture the father and son double drumming team of Cedric Burnside, Arl Burnside's grandson, and Calvin Jackson, who's Cedric's father and Arl Burnside's son-in-law. Both father and son play drums for Arl Burnside, and they're basically the inventors of that hill country pocket groove. They are the standard. The performance you're about to hear features Lightning Malcolm on guitar, RL's daughter Sharina on tambourine, and T-Model Ford's grandson Stud behind the drum kit. Here's RL Boyce live on Beale Street Caravan. Let's boogie this beer!
Y'all all right?
down and chat with R.L. Boyce. How are you doing today? I'm doing the best I can what I got, babe. You have a new album out. I mean, I got a new CD out. Mm-hmm. Uh, Rolling Tama. Yes. The producers were uh, Luther Dickinson and an old friend of mine, David Katznelson. Right. So I can't imagine the two of them with all that energy and working together in the studio. How was that for you? It was, it was just right, right on time. What is it like with um, Luther as a producer. He, he, he just a great style. Luther and I came up together. Mm-hmm. We did some early stays way back. Luther used to come to my house and we sat there on the porch and, hey, all right, let's do this, let's do this, let's do this. Whatever you want to do, buddy, let's, let's get on to me and let's go. It was like we've been working together for years, so it's okay. With this, he's the perfect producer. Yes. <laughs> and so me and Luther and Malcolm, uh, Light and Malcolm, we all do it together. Mm-hmm. So Malcolm's going to play with me tonight. In the morning, we flying to London. I got a show to do over there. So you're going Clarksdale to London? When I leave here tonight, I'm here to London in the morning. Yeah, I got a big TV show to do uh, mm-hmm. Monday. Your first record came out in 2007. You were 52 then. I'm You're 52. It's 10 years later. So that says it's never too late. <laughs> <laughs> no, never too late. <laughs> So I'm still doing it. I'm still at it. Back then, I was running behind David now. Kent. I just, David's daddy place. Mm-hmm. I used to go out there on Friday night, Saturday night, Sunday night. That's all. We all do something together. Mm-hmm. So I got behind those boys. And, That's the Kimbrights. Yep. <laughs> so I come along with them. We all came along together. So Otha Turner was your uncle. And so you went to all of those picnics and you started drumming, and that led to, hey, I'm gonna, I'm gonna keep with the drums. But what made you switch to the guitar? Well, after Oath passed away, some of the drink kid here got a little bit harder. Mm-hmm. And I said, well, I'm gonna get off on my own. So I fill in with them every now and then when they do a show. Yeah. You know, your protege R.L. Burnside and Mississippi Fred McDowell, and what was it like having them as mentors? See, back when I come along, when those guys were playing, you weren't too much alive to hang around, nothing like that. Yeah. So what I was doing, I was running from here to yon just to head over to me and play. How did you convince them to teach you some things? Well, really, they didn't teach me. I taught myself me and the good Lord. What I got, what I know, you can't take it from nobody else. Mm-hmm. When the good Lord gives you something, you got it on your own. Yeah. So just hold what you got. In the process of, you know, being around them, what, what kind of lessons did you learn from them? I learned a lot. A whole lot. Give me a good one. <laughs> well, I like Fred MacDown. Mm-hmm. It's called with Shake Him On Down. Yeah. But I tried to do some hit music, I couldn't, I couldn't never do it. So I said, well, I'm just going to stay on my style, let him have his style. So that's what I do, cheat, I be myself. What is the difference between it being that family experience of all your friends and family around you, and then going out and performing it in a club? Well, see, uh, 
like I said, be what you are, and don't try to take a show away from nobody. Mm -hmm. Whatever your style, hold your style, let it by how they style. And you can see what and what you can do. As far as songwriting and the songwriting process, <laughs> how, does that, how does that work for you? It's way fine. Whatever comes through my mind, I give it to you. Mm-hmm. I don't rehearse it at all, at now, night, no day. Whatever good love put in my head, and I give it to you through my finger. What's been the biggest lesson that you've learned musically? I learned a lot of music through Siwa, Jesse, Hip here. Mm-hmm. Back when I come along, I was Jesse, drummer. I left Siwa, but I moved out in... Uh, Milwaukee, Wisconsin. So I came back to Mississippi and I got on my own. I just got going. I hadn't quit. Well, that is the word of R.L. Boyce. We're going to go back to more music at the Deep Blues Festival. Here's more from R.L. Boyce live on Bill Street Caravan.
That was R.L. Boyce live on Bill Street Caravan. Special thanks to our community partners at the King Biscuit Blues Festival, the Deep Blues Festival, and Robin Clonus and everyone at the New Roxy in Clarksdale, Mississippi. To learn more about Sidel Davis, go to fatpossumrecords.com to learn about his past recordings. To learn more about R.L. Boyce, find him on social media. He also has a page on waxploitation.com. Again, his new record is called Roll and Tumble. It's out, it's up for a Grammy, and R.L. is touring all over the world. So keep your head up and your eyes peeled for those tour dates. It's a live show you don't want to miss. Special thanks to our supporters, AutoZone, the Memphis Convention and Visitors Bureau, Arts Memphis, Tennessee Arts Commission, Tennessee Tourism, and Bridging the Blues for their support in making Bill Street Caravan possible. We like to remind our listeners to please show your support for public broadcasting. You won't find programming like this anywhere else. You can find Bill Street Caravan on all the social media outlets. Follow us there. We've always got special features and additional content that we think you'll enjoy. Go to our website at BillStreetCaravan.com and sign up for our monthly newsletter to find out where the caravan is going to be next. And you can always keep up with Bill Street Caravan via our podcast that's available anywhere podcasts can be found. We'll be back next week, so see you then. I'm Pat Mitchell-Worley. And I'm Kevin Cubbins. And you've been listening to the Sounds of Memphis on Bill Street Caravan. Bill Street Caravan.